Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Recording today's show this morning from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I will be on the call tonight with Kevin Harlan for the Packers hosting the Rams. And it is freezing here, and it's supposed to snow during the game. So that should be epic. Very different conditions, I'm assuming, at the Myrtle Beach Bowl between UConn and Marshall that will be taking place later on today. The star of this show is Emery Hunt. Love Emery Hunt. Love following at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan on YouTube is a must subscribe. And then speaking of subscribing, you just got to order footballgameplan.com. Slash 2023 draft guide. Have to do it. Need to get the draft guide. I mean, draft season's basically here. Emery's already going to like all-star games. We've got bowl games, guys opting out, guys staying in. I mean, there's there's a lot to get to over the course of the next few weeks. Really, we are, what, January, February, March, April. I mean, we're like four months, five months away from the NFL draft, which will be here before you know it. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media, and we are at Ross Tucker pod. Emery, before we get to some of the bowl games that I want to get to with you, I did want to start two thoughts. One is, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about these guys as prospects. Then they become NFL players. And, You know, we don't spend as much time on them. Although you and I did that last year, I think, during the playoffs. And that was really cool, like scouting lessons from the team still in the playoffs. I was thinking about you last night, probably because you were tweeting about it. But with Kayvon Thibodeau Mm -hmm. and how well that young man played last night. I mean, he was basically the difference for the Giants winning that game or not and being in great position for the playoffs or not 
Yeah, and it's fascinating because without his scoop and score, the commanders are in position to kick the game-winning field goal and win 15-13. to 13. And on the play right before, you know, the infamous uh, penalty onside, uh, you know, illegal formation, he makes the, the effort to force Heineke to stumble a little bit and ends up making the tackle, knocking him out at the one-yard line which also was amazing that he was in the end zone in coverage. So not only was he locking down an option in the passing game, which gave Heineke the green light to go and run, he got back in the play and made the play to to stop him at the one-yard line, which we know now it ends up being, you know, the subsequent penalty on illegal formation and the non-call in the end zone. But the fact that he was disruptive versus the run, he held his own in coverage, he showed effort. He got into the end zone. This is what a top five pick supposed to look like. And, you know, the fact that he did all of that wearing, you know, baggy pants. I feel like his pants just don't fit him. Like, it's always look baggy. But the fact of the matter is, all jokes aside, this is someone that uh, looked the part in college, had a lot of unnecessary questions about surrounding him, but he was productive on the field. And he was super productive last night. They had no answers for Kayvon Thibodeau. And if they get to the playoffs, this game, this performance is the biggest reason why. So um, a couple other things need to be said about that. So the one thing I would say is he's been pretty darn good all year. Like he hasn't always had the stats, but he's been really disruptive really disruptive at different times that I feel like people haven't noticed as much. But the other thing I noticed is like, there's a lot of rookies making plays right now. You know, you almost forget about it, but rookies a lot of times are a lot better towards the end of the year than they are the start of the year. It takes them a while to develop in the NFL game, but like Jahan Dotson, some of the plays he's making, Tyler Algier running the rock for the Falcons. James Houston, that edge rusher for the Lions. I mean, you you really do see some guys starting to figure it out, Emery, and really starting to turn it on as the season goes. Yeah, and I think the biggest reason why, and a lot of fans may not understand this, um, you look at the end of their college seasons, right? So they, they end their college seasons probably in December. They go on to the all-star game circuit. Some guys play in multiple all-star games. Then you go to the combine in February. So you got December, you played your last game. January, you uh, are in the all-star game circuit. February, you're doing combines. March, you're doing workouts and pro days and training for the draft and meeting with teams. April, you're still meeting with teams and doing private visits and you get drafted. Now you are in thrust into rookie minicamp then OTAs and training camp. So your body for a rookie really doesn't get a chance to, to get rest. So, yeah, you may see a lot of rookies struggle, uh, you know, in preseason, earlier in the season. Then they kind of get, you know, worked into the regular season, you know, uh, slowly. So by the time they get, you know, past their bye week, things start to really slow down for them and they kind of understand their role they're able to go ahead and, and just play like we saw them play at the height of their collegiate careers. So it's always good to see them on the back end playing their best ball. 
Um, so that's why you kind of always have to give these rookies a little bit of grace uh, coming out. And I also will throw this out there. I, don't, I want your, your thoughts on this. Talk about football being a redemption type game. I thought Zach Wilson played well yesterday coming off the bit. Yeah, he still had the bonehead, you know, careless interception down the rail. He was trying to loft it over a DB. He didn't even see the DB, just kind of predetermined that decision. But he was part of the reason why they had an opportunity to tie that game. And I thought he played better that game than he has all season, even when they were winning in spite of him. So good for him to really bounce back and have a game. And now because it's a short week, he's going to earn the second start. And, you know, let's see if he can stack positive games on top of one another and give his team a chance to win to get back into the playoffs. Definitely thought uh, he played better than he had been. Um, He made some big plays. This still doesn't always look comfortable in the pocket. It's like when they do those play action or boots or get him out of the pocket, he just looks more comfortable than when he's just in the pocket having to deliver throws. But certainly I thought it was a step in the right direction for Zach. There's no question. Let's take a step into the direction of some of these bowl games. We have one today, and it's a big one, Emery. It's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, UConn and Marshall. And Marshall, 12.5-point favorites. Total is 40.5. Let's start with the players, the prospects that we'll be looking at. And we'll start with UConn linebacker Jackson Mitchell, who's kind of been like the face of this turnaround. Yeah, and he's going to have to play a big part in this ball game uh, because of how well Marshall can run the football. And, and so he does a, a solid job out in space. You know, he's able to, to seek and then run and go make the play. And But in this game, you want to see, see him be a little bit more impactful at the point of attack. And when he's out in coverage, you know, make up his mind and, and, and really figure things out quickly and get himself in position to make play because he is very athletic. He can definitely do it, but it's just, it's, you know, it's something in this ball game. If they're going to win, he's going to have to have the biggest game of any defender uh, for UConn. And it's great to talk about UConn in the bowl game because what a great job Jim Moore Jr. has done out there. And, uh, you know, I, it is technically the school is located in stores, Connecticut, but the stadium is in East Hartford. Great food, by the way. I know you've done a game there before. I do love their cookie spread and also their press box spread. They have donuts, too. Yeah, they have donuts before the game. And they also had, uh, when I was there, I did a bunch of games there, not this year, but the year before. It was Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They would have Chick-fil-A all the time, which was pretty awesome. Um, What about for Marshall? Who are you looking at over there? Stephen Gilmore, I think he's the brother of Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. He plays a lot like him, man. Like you, you see the you see the confidence out there on the perimeter in which he plays. You talk about someone that's not shocked when the ball's in the air. He doesn't panic. He has just as good of a chance to catch it as a receiver. He's confident in his technique. He doesn't get handsy or over aggressive in his approach. He really is a premier type corner. I'm surprised we're not hearing more about him on a national landscape because he plays a really good, solid game, a fundamentally sound game. So we probably won't see him in this game because they won't throw his way because it would be wise to avoid 
you know, his side of the field. So I just like the way he plays. I, I like guys out there on a the perimeter. It harkens back to a time. Um, I was about to tweet this out yesterday, but I don't know if it would have came out how I wanted it to come out. So I'm glad I could see it here. You know, we harken back to a time where guys just made plays. And I wanted, you know, you're watching, I'm watching the, the Eagles game. I'm watching, you know, all the different NFL games, right? And you see multiple drops by the receivers. And, you know, I, I just don't remember a time when I can recall, and I know he had it hit as a rookie, but I don't recall Jerry Rice, uh, all the top receivers, Chris Carter, Jerry Rice, just dropping passes all throughout the game. Like, you know, I feel like guys, if it went to those premier players, they made plays, even in the secondary. You know, I don't recall seeing an Eric Allen getting beat or a Daryl Green getting beat or just giving up plays or looking, you know, having pass interference plays. I feel like that's how Gilmore, the brother, and this one plays. They just plays, they play really good football and just confident football. And it, it yields itself in how uh, consistent they are out there on the field. Marshall's laying 12 and a half big ones, Emery. Um, are you Are you laying them as well? This was 11 for two weeks, and it now has jumped a point on game day. So I feel like that's a sucker's bet. Um, however, I, I think it's more along the lines on the total. The total has stated at 40 or 40 and a half or something like that. I'm going to slide underneath that. I feel confident that Marshall's defense will, you know, keep this offense of UConn at bay. UConn wants to shrink the ball game, which is probably why this under is, I mean, this uh, total is what it is. So I'd rather take the total 11 points in a, in a chaotic bowl season that we've seen already. Um, and full disclosure for people uh, that loves to jump in the comments and remind you at the end of the week that you were wrong about something in the beginning of the week. Like, bro, we are previewing bowl games that happen six days from now, right? This one just so happens to happen today, but yeah, when we say something here, things could change by the time we get to who knew Jackson State was not going to play four key D linemen and uh, linebackers. And therefore, at the end of the week, you know, the point spread is what it is. You know, so, yeah, keep that in mind. Just take the information and then use it for what is it for what is worth. Um, but we have a lot of experts out there with faceless avatars and everyone's an expert uh, hindsight expert. But, yeah, I'm taking it under here. Love it. Um, I'm taking the bat blue light tonight after this game. You can tell you that much right now. Haven't actually had any beers Saturday night, Sunday night. Um, I did have a few Friday night. I'm looking forward to the bat blue light tonight in Green Bay after the game. There's no better way to wind down after calling a Monday night football game than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt blue light in your hand. Stock up like I do. And I have. And be the MVP of your tailgate. Share Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing. <laughs> Works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. What about the Idaho Potato Bowl, Emery? That game is tomorrow, and I'm very familiar 
with Eastern Michigan, having called, I think I called three of their games this past year. And I know those guys well. San Jose State, I know a little bit, even though I didn't call any of their games. Eastern Michigan is getting four points in this game. And I'm actually excited to hear you talk about their running back, since you're a running back connoisseur, Samson Evans. I, I like his game, man. He he runs behind his pads, you know, so he's always falling forward. He's decisive. You know, he has a good feel for the run game. They lean into him. And I'm talking about their offense. Say, hey, we're going to run. We're going to lean into Evans. You're going to have to stop him. And nine times out of ten, teams don't you know, have an answer for him. They can't stop him. It's kind of like how Tyler Algier runs the football with the Falcons. You know, just someone that just stays on track, keeps your offense on pace, very productive, and gets better with each and every carry. And it's a big reason why they're in this bowl game because a lot of times they just run him to victory. And so this is a combination of Eastern Michigan's offense. I'm glad they made a bowl game. I like when teams work hard to get into a bowl game. They wanted to win those, you know, those few games to get in. Um, and they're excited no matter whether they're playing in, you know, Idaho or, you know, uh, on their own great turf. They just want to be in a bowl game. And But Evans is a big part of that. So it's laying out a defensive game plan um, for San Jose State. If you want to beat Eastern Michigan, you got to stop the run. But Evans makes it so difficult because he's so doggone consistent. So for San Jose State, they get a D lineman. Fajoko, Viliami Fajoko, I think he was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, right? He was. He, he and he's six. He's listed at six four, two sixty five. So tells me he's probably about six two and a half, six three, about two fifty. You know, which is which makes him a great edge rusher. You know, he's a tweener. He's one of those guys that is going to be an, a three four outside linebacker, situational hand in the dirt guy. Um, but he closes so quick on the ball, like he the the run away. He plays that so well because he's able to close, accelerate, and make the stop. He also has a variety of ways of getting to the quarterback, uses his hands very well, very disruptive force. Um, you know, and so in this game, his run defense, and they're probably gonna try to run right at him. I, if I'm thinking like an offensive coordinator, you try to make their greatest strength a big weakness by running right at the pass rusher. So I'll be excited to see how he handles double teams how he handles reach blocks and all those things like that. Um, and, and if he's able to, you know, get off a of disengage, get off a block and, and make a play. But he's so – I think he's going – I can't remember which all-star game he's going to. could be the Shrine, our senior. But he's someone that um, definitely is going to play a lot as a pro because of what he can do as, a, as an edge rusher. Let's talk about um, the spread. San Jose State is laying four. The total is 54. Which way are you taking this one, Emery? I'm taking Eastern Michigan plus the points. I feel like it's a situation in bowl this, you know, the whole bowl schedule season thing outside of the playoffs has taken on a different animal. You know, you got to figure out who's playing, who's opting out, but more importantly, you know, who wants to be there, who is excited to be there. And I'm not saying that San Jose state isn't excited to be there, but I'm saying Eastern Michigan is more amped to be there so I think they'll have a little just just a little bit more juice. Um, and I think they'll win outright. Plus, you know, so obviously I've taken a plus the points, but I would also sprinkle some on the money line. Love it, and I agree with you. Um, I am very impressed 
by their head coach, Chris Creighton, and what he's done with that program. I mean, they're winners now. They're they're yeah. perennial winners. And that's not an easy place to recruit to. It's not an easy place to turn them into winners. But that's exactly what he's done. How about the Boca Raton Bowl? That sounds nice right about now. Um, it's Liberty and Toledo, Emory. And looking at the spread here, Toledo is laying four and a half. So Toledo from the MAC, the MAC champs, they're favored. And they got a DN, Jamal Hines. I've called some of his games. He's good. Yeah, he is really good, man. And it's like, it, it's funny to watch how, you know, Toledo just constantly puts out top tier defenders. Samuel Womack, the corner for yeah. San Francisco, was phenomenal uh, on tape when I studied him last year. I was like, wow, this dude is really good, can hold his own as an outside corner. And he's actually playing outside, even though he's built like what people would say is a stereotypical slot defender. He's playing on the outside and he's pretty damn good. Uh, but Hines is really good. Also a disruptor, quick off the ball. Um, doesn't get fooled, you know, by misdirection. He's able to find the ball and get to it. And he's going to be a factor in this game. The linebacker that you like for Liberty is Darrell Johnson. And we spoke about him before. Uh, he's long, athletic, uh, you know, one of these traditional weak side backers that can situationally rush if you want him to. He could be a, a very good blitzer. He gets in the way in these passing windows. And, again, his discipline will be put on um, display today <laughs> because he has to be disciplined against that Toledo run game. Since they got Daquan Finn back in the lineup, kind of helps out their run game. He's their zone read guy. Not, not necessarily the best passer, but he's efficient, effective enough to where you have to honor his ability. So uh, Johnson's discipline and how he plays his game says a lot about, you know, his football IQ and football awareness. So that's what I'm more excited to see. Okay. Um, when you look at the spread and you look at Toledo favored by four and a half, what are you going to do with it? Toledo's been favored by four and a half for since these, these spreads came out about these bowl games. So, they're pretty consistent that Vegas is about what they think of Toledo. But I think the reason why I'm laying these four and a half with Toledo is because Liberty kind of just, because their coaching change and how they finished the season, they really took their foot off the gas and, you know, just said whatever. Because at one point in time, Liberty was ranked in the top 20. And so, you know, they were pretty doggone good. And then we started to hear the rumors whether or not the coach was going to leave. They lost that one game. And the next thing you know, they're just like, all right, well, we're, you know, we're, we're out of this. We're taking this. And, you know, so now you look at what we just talked about with Eastern Michigan, who's more excited about this game. You know, it's going to be Toledo. Toledo will do a great job and, and continue to push the flag forward for the Mac in the bowl games. Totally agree uh, with everything you just said. Plus Toledo's good. I mean, they, yeah. I, I think they have the best players of any team in the Mac. I'm, I'm pretty impressed by them. And you're right about Finn. And you're also right about Liberty. Liberty just sort of after the after it seemed like they were leaving, and after they blew that game against UConn, uh, Liberty just kind of lost their momentum. Next up, we have the New Orleans Bowl. How do you say the name of that city? New Orleans. So anytime you hear New Orleans, or it's from someone outside of the city that uh, never been to the city, because no one in New Orleans says New Orleans. <laughs> not a soul bro like i've never heard hold on that. Second, hold on a second. Hold on a second. i want to get that on social media say 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 it again 
New Orleans. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it, New Orleans. And now some people, like, again, the local, you can tell who's from New Orleans and who's not because the locals say New Orleans. Everyone outside of that says New Orleans because that's how it's probably pronounced phonetically. But locals say New Orleans. It's the And I don't know where New Orleans came from. And you won't see no damn alligators walking around in tuxedos either with a plate of crawfish. You won't see none of that stuff. And you don't just hear jazz when you get off the plane walking around New Orleans either. So all the stuff you see on these commercials and these cutaways, don't believe it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that said... I have a bone to pick with you. Did you have an issue with the gumbo that I posted on social media the other night? Here's here's the, the emojis I used was the, okay, let me put the monocle on and let me analyze it. Let me think about it. And then, no, that's not gumbo, Ross. It wasn't soupy enough. That looked more like uh, stew. It, the, there was no okay, room. Here, here, okay, okay, we got, we got to clarify here. Any type of... <laughs> soup or stew i really i am not a big broth guy Mm. or sauce whatever people want to call it i just like the sustenance right so my buddy george it's 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 uh he's a parent of um friends of my daughters at school his mom came up from new orleans and she brought up all the supplies to make gumbo. And if I had actually taken a picture of the actual gumbo, as opposed to my bowl, you would have thought it was fantastic. She literally got the andouille sausage in Laplace at like, where's Laplace? <laughs> That's like uh, five miles outside of New Orleans. That's like the... Like a parish, like a you know, so it's it's right there by New Orleans, but it's yeah. Outside. Well, that's what her that's what her son that's his favorite sausage. So she got the andouille sausage. It was so good, bro. So she had a spicy pot and a non-spicy pot for the kids. It was so good. Now, like George and his mom, they had a lot more broth and right. then hey. some meat. I didn't know you put the rice down first, then you pour the. Uh, the the broth and the meat over. I just wanted the chicken and the sausage. I don't like having a. I don't like slurping a whole bunch of the sauce. I just need enough sauce for like the taste. I don't need to be like, you know, I don't need that. Just give me the stuff. So anyway, this that's why seafood? you gave it the thumbs down. But it was delicious. Did she have seafood in it too? Because I know some. I know traditionally, um, you put. She meat went and no seafood. seafood. Okay, and I think perhaps it's because of. Um, allergies allergies and or she had to bring it up from new orleans like she brought up on the plane dude right you know what so, I, mean? I, don't, I don't know if she wanted to bring up like seafood or whatever unless she, she brought unless she, the sausage on the plane okay because because some people uh like i don't know if i don't know if the same company makes the crawfish tails that you could throw in there but yeah i could see some people up here have more of a shellfish allergy than people down in the south so I can understand why she just did meat. You ruined the photo, Ross. You're supposed to show the broth. That, I know, that's why I know, I'm, I know. it was your bowl that ruined it. Although I will say this, like if you took a picture of what it looked like, it just looks like broth. Like I would have had to take the thing up and go like that, you know, the whatever it's called. The spoon. So you could see the spoon. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we got the New Orleans bowl. 
the or as I like to say, the Nolans Bowl, Western <laughs> Kentucky and South Alabama. Tell me about this Western Kentucky quarterback. They got another one. Yeah, I could tell you a lot about him, man, because I cover all the different divisions. Saw a lot of him at West Florida, the Argonauts, Division II program. Won a championship there with Coach Shinnick, who now takes the head coaching job. Uh, I forget where, but it's, I, I want to say it's out west or in the MAC somewhere. So he's he's moved on. But Reed transferred last year, or you know, for this season to Western Kentucky to to fill in for Bailey Zappi. Um, but Reed was phenomenal at West Florida. But he transferred up, so it shows you that his talent translated to the Division One level because he was balling this year. The reason why this is intriguing because prior to the bowl game at right after the season, he jumped in the transfer portal trying to go to a power five school. So I thought he wasn't going to play. Then I want to say within the last week, he announced that he's going back to Western Kentucky to finish what he started. um, And one of those long, you know, posts or whatnot that people put that you only read to see if they declared or if they, you know, transferring or whatnot. But he said he was coming back to finish what he started. He's going to stay at Western Kentucky. So that affected this line. And it also affects Western Kentucky's chances in this ballgame because Reed is phenomenal. He's a gunslinger, but he's very accurate at the intermediate level of the field. Not afraid to take the one-on-one shot. If he sees it, he's going to throw it. Um, and his his command of, let's say, uh, situational football, which helped him at West Florida, has completely helped him with the Hilltoppers and gives him a great chance to win this game. Who do you like for South Alabama? Uh Daryl Luter Jr., the corner. South Alabama has been excellent. We've talked all season mostly about Troy and Apsy had their run. Uh, my Raging Cajuns were undefeated for a while before they before the, the wheels fell off. But South Alabama has been the most consistent team uh, in the Sun Belt Conference. They're, what, 10-2. and two. And so this is a really good offense, very good defense. Luter is someone that is going to play on Sundays consistently on Sundays. I'm pretty sure he's going to end up in the senior bowl. It would be silly for them not to grab the local kid right there in Mobile. But I love his his ball awareness. Some guys don't have – some guys may have ball instincts but not ball awareness. Ball awareness is is – the difference is understanding where the ball is going. So it's, it, it, it requires you to be able to read things on the fly, kind of understand concepts, get yourself in position to make a play – or just understand where the football is and, and where your vulnerabilities are. And he pressures the ball rather well. He makes plays on the ball. So I just like his ability. And he's going to get tested a lot in this game because Reed doesn't care if that's, you know, Daryl Luter Jr. or Daryl Green out there. He is throwing at him. He doesn't matter. He doesn't care how good of a corner you are. If you got the one-on-one opportunity, you're going to get targeted. So this is a great matchup here. All right, let's let's talk turkey. Western Kentucky's getting four and a half. South Alabama laying four and a half. What are you doing? What's the total? Total's 55 and a half. Going over that number. I think this will be a high scoring game because, again, South Alabama's good on both sides of the ball, but Western Kentucky and their offense and, and how they go about things, it's going to be points scored in this ball game, in this bowl game. Indoors, ideal conditions for both teams. Field turf, no weather. Take the over. That'll do it. Love it. That'll do it for this week's college draft podcast. Next week, we've got the big bowls to get into, and lots of them should be absolutely awesome. Follow him at F-Ball Game Plan. Follow me at Ross Tucker NFL. And certainly, get signed up for the draft guide now. Can't wait till I get mine. 
footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.